Let me ask you a quick question. How many of you people get your news from ABC, NBC, CBS? We're talking television, maybe even radio, CNN, MSNBC, or even worse than that, Facebook. Well, I got some news for you if you're if you're getting your news from those people. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Kind of bear with me a little bit today. Got a bit of a runny nose, a little allergy thing going on. So if I kind of disappear for a second, you'll, you'll understand why. It's that time of the year. And, and I I do have some allergies to certain molds and dust. And they, they kick up from time to time. But I was thinking the last couple of days. We talked about it earlier in the week when I titled the program, Tell Me Lies, Tell Me Sweet Little Lies. And I kept thinking about the media today. You watch a press conference, you watch an event, and then you watch how they report on that event. Now, I'm not talking so much about maybe your local TV station or some local radio station. They generally tend to be pretty good uh, in terms of being accurate because they got to live in the same town <laughs> as the station that they work at. But it's a different different breed for those that are on the White House core or, or those that are in D.C. or New York or London or anywhere else. The, the press corps today, to me, is one of the most deceiving groups of individuals that walk the face of the earth. There's no doubt about it. They, they are deceptive. And they, they are not to be trusted. They have an agenda. They have sold themselves out for that agenda. And I think you know that. One of the things that is truly getting under my skin every day. Now, I use Facebook. I know that someday I, I'm going to have to get rid of it because it's just becoming a cesspool. But every time anybody says anything about the election, doesn't matter what. Facebook has got this immediate little thing that goes up there saying... And here's where you click to find out more about the elections and Biden won. Biden won. You have to understand that Biden won. And no, there's no such thing as voter fraud. That is all. And they keep doing this. It's like, okay, the election was uh, how many days ago? Six and a half weeks ago? Six weeks ago? Six weeks ago yesterday? And, you know, we, we know we know what you all think in the news to watch the bankrupt, idiotic, stupid press corps at a press conference with the White House, it's always the same questions. Is the president going to concede? Is he going to leave the White House peacefully? These people, then when it comes to Joe Biden, how's the weather? There's never a real question to Joe Biden. But you've got a cynical and asinine press. I'm sorry. They are just vultures eating apart the truth. They're picking at it like a vulture on a carcass as they tear the truth apart. There is no truth in NBC any longer. Nothing but garbage. I was going to say something else. ABC, CBS, same thing. They will do an interview, and they will re-edit that interview so it sounds like the person is saying exactly the opposite. So here's my advice. 
if you want to keep your sanity, if if you want to to at least get a better understanding of the news today, don't go to NBC, don't go to CNN. You know, it wasn't long ago, Project Veritas kind of showed what goes on behind the scenes at CNN, and believe me, it's true. Uh, about five years ago now, it was about five years ago, I had the opportunity to go on the VIP tour at CNN. That's a big deal. This is back in 2015. And I went to the and I went to the CNN headquarters in, in Atlanta, and you get to be behind the scenes, and it was very obvious that the people working and writing the news and putting it all together were either for Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton. You could see the stuff on their desk. You could listen to what the producer is telling the talent. You don't hear that on the TV, but you we could hear it in this little room. And they were definitely in the tank for the Democrats, and they were going to do anything they could to smear any Republican that would come along in the primary. CNN ought to be, they, they need to come under the FEC rules. This is not so much about freedom of speech. This is where they're, they're lying to you. They're trying to say, we are an unbiased news source. Come to us, we'll give you unbiased truth and news, and they're not. They're giving you propaganda, the kind of propaganda that Joseph Goebbels would be proud of. When the Nazis took over Germany in 1932, one of the first things they got control of was the media and the newspapers. Even got deeply involved with movies and the cinema. Goebbels knew if you can control the entertainment, control the content, control the conversation, you can sway the way people think. And a lot of people get their news from some of these stupid late-night comedian shows. That's not news. Watching The View on ABC in the daytime is one way to lower some IQ points. I'm hoping Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah. Joe Biden. Joe Biden's wife. Because she, you know, she he would to... never do it. But she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's... This is why you don't go to The View to get your news and information. Uh, Jill Biden, just so you know, Jill Biden's wife, uh, her doctorate is in English. And she taught English and reading in high school for um, over a decade. It is obvious that Whoopi Goldberg thinks that if you have the title doctor, it only means medical doctor. But obviously, uh, there are many other kinds of doctorates out there in the world today but getting your news from people that are primarily in entertainment is got to be one of the dumbest things i've ever seen they they basically especially in hollywood they are in the tank for democrats they don't even understand why except the social issues they're all into you know the lgbtq they're all into gay marriages and all of that anything on the social side they're into so if if anybody holds a different opinion they're immediately labeled as some kind of a racist or homophobe or thisophobe or thatophobe it's one of the problems today in getting our news information and taking our cue from the folks in hollywood if you 
if you go back and look at how the media has treated President Trump over these past uh, almost four years, let's go back to when he was running for president after he announced in 2015, nobody ever believed he would become the nominee, let alone the president. And the media was so sure, if you go back to October of 2016, they were convinced and they were absolutely They were sure. They were rock-solid sure. There was no way that Hillary Clinton could lose. They had propped her up. They always made her look good in the news. They never allowed her to look bad. Even when she was dealing with all the various scandals and, and breaking telephones, it's amazing what the news business will intentionally, intentionally ignore to change public opinion. I seldom agree with a lot of what Jesse Jackson has to say, but he did say something once it is, he must have gotten it from somebody else, but it is true. A half-truth is a whole lie. Let me say that again. A half-truth is a whole lie. And that's very true of the media today. They will tell you part of a story. They'll ignore part of a story. They really believed... They really believed that they had done their job and the polls were on their side that Hillary Clinton was going to win. And and you could remember listening to all these various news commentators and roundtables discussing that Trump could never win the election. He's not going to be the nominee, Chuck. I mean, as you know, I'm ahead in Ohio. <laughs> so, Jenny, could he actually win? No freaking way! <laughs> he will be tempted to run be predictably shellacked. Do not tell me that Donald Trump is in this to win this, okay? He's a sideshow. This is going to turn a three-ring circus into a freak show. He's not running for president. He's running for keep me famous. I thought this was maybe some strategy for a new reality show. How should Republicans handle Donald Trump? Uh, Ignore him. And Donald Trump is not going to be the nominee of this party. Well, I don't think it's likely that Donald Trump will be the nominee. Well, I, I do, based on your theme, believe that he's here to stay for a while, maybe through a few primaries, but he is not going to be the nominee. Well, I'm going to support the Republican nominee, and I'm comfortable that it's not going to be Donald Trump. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. <laughs> um, that's not going to happen. Donald Trump will not become president! He's not going to be president. He is not, Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. Okay. I guarantee it. All right. All right. You think if he becomes the president here, make, make it great because the states is already great. I think that man will be president of the United States right about the time that spaceships come down filled with dinosaurs and red capes. On that note, Tom. <laughs> Take it Thank from me. How about that? And then, of course, there's Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. So when you stand and deliver that State of the Union address, in no part of your mind or brain can you imagine Donald Trump 
standing up one day and delivering a State of the Union address? Well, I can imagine it uh, in a Saturday night skit. I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. He will never be president of the United States. And uh, we better be ready for the fact that he might be leading the Republican ticket next. <laughs> I know you don't believe that, but I want to go on. <laughs> Sorry to laugh. Okay, here we are. And which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? But, but, but come on, come on, buddy. All, let's say, cow poo poo aside, there is zero chance we'll be seeing you being sworn in on the Capitol steps with your hand on a giant golden Bible. I'll make a prediction, though, for you. I, I don't really get into predictions much, but this one I'll go way out on a limb. Donald Trump will never, ever be president okay. of the United States. That Trump should not be in this race. He's an absurdity. He is a travesty. Donald Trump will never be elected president of the United States. Donald Trump is a here today, gone tomorrow candidate for president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Uh, ever respectful of the fact that the people have not voted, he's not going to be president of the United States. Let's be clear. Donald Trump will lose the election. Okay, I know that ran a little bit longer than I had planned, but it was worth reminding ourselves of what the media said in 2015 and 2016. Donald Trump will not be the president. These were the politicians, the expert, all the people that are the talking heads, overpaid talking heads that have very little between their ears of any capacity for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. They, they are there with a one set mind. They decided that the globalist must win, which is going to be, in that case, uh, Hillary Clinton. And the entire campaign, from the time, from the time that it was apparent that uh, she was going to be the, the standard bearer of the Democrat Party, with everybody else getting out of her way, that she was the anointed one. She was going to, to be the president, the first woman president. She was going to shatter the glass ceiling. Everything everything was planned to the utmost detail, right down to the amount of Botox she injected into her face to look young every day. There was the narrative put out by the media that she is experienced, she's been tested, she's ready to go on day one. And all we heard throughout 2016... The polls say that she's going to win by a landslide. Now, we're not talking in the popular vote. We're talking in the Electoral College. They saw no path to victory at all. No path at all for Donald Trump. There was no way he was going to win 
in 2016. We begin with CBS News Elections Director, that's Anthony Salvanto, at our electoral map with what it will take for each nominee to win today. Anthony, good morning. Good morning. Happy Election Day, Gail. Uh, when we look at these battleground states we've been following, we see in the polling that a lot of them have been leading towards Hillary Clinton so far. So we look at this map and we take states like Wisconsin, like Michigan, those have been leaning towards Clinton. Then watch the key state of Pennsylvania. Most of their voters vote today uh, as opposed to having voted early. If she can win there and you start to think about what her math looks like from there, well, you take Virginia, where she's also been leading in polls, and then she's getting close. And then watch places like North Carolina or a couple of the states out west like Nevada. All she would need to do then is get one of those to go over the 270. And what story that tells you is that she might have an easier path on the electoral map if she can get the turnout that she needs. So what about Donald Trump's path to victory? Yesterday, his campaign manager, Kellyanne Conway, said she saw six different paths for him. Yeah, he does have different paths, but they all involve flipping a lot of states, some of which have been leaning blue so far. Let me show you. If he can get Ohio, let's say, where he's been up or even in the polls, if he can get Florida, he can probably get Iowa, then he's still got to hold on to Arizona and then go back and try to flip some of these other states. Maybe get North Carolina, and then even then, he's got to go and get maybe it's a Michigan or a Wisconsin to put him over the top. If that sounds like a lot of states, it is possible, but he's got to flip a lot of them, Gail. Bottom line, even if he wins Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, he's got to flip one of those uh, states like Michigan, Wisconsin, or Pennsylvania. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, New Anthony. Thank you so much. So let's think about these two audio clips we just heard. The one showing the copulation of everybody saying that Trump cannot win. And and even in that group, people that became some of uh, Donald Trump's biggest supporters, or at least they say they are, found out they were very wrong. People like Senator Lindsey Graham didn't see any way that Trump could win. You saw Karl Rove and others. There's just no way he's going to win. They had it all figured. It's going to be Hillary. Not a problem. We'll just have to get used to it. Then we saw that election night. I remember being up a little over four years ago watching. And I remember when it looked like they were going to give the state to to Hillary in Florida, where I live. And then all of a sudden, the other ballots were coming in stronger. And before you knew it, he won Florida. Wow, that was a surprise. He won North Carolina, then Pennsylvania, then Ohio, then Michigan, then Wisconsin, and it was over. They said it could never happen because they took it for granted that they had done their job, so to speak, in in propagandizing us to think that Hillary was the heir apparent. She was going to break that glass ceiling. There was going to be a big fireworks show in New York Harbor, and she was going to come down to greet the crowds at her big party in New York City. And it became a big cry fest. Now, I'm telling you all this for a number of reasons. Number one, let's, let's think about this. The media was all in for Hillary Clinton four years ago, just like they were all in for Joe Biden in this current election cycle. 
There's no bones about it. They never ask him the hard questions. Even even the embarrassing uh, presidential debates, you could see the disdain that those that were the moderators had for Donald Trump. They did not like him. And the questions were more softball for Joe Biden. And they had those kind of questions like, you know, is it true you stop beating your wife kind of question? Nonsense for Trump. For four years, the media has outright lied, distorted, hidden the truth from you. And so if you are watching any product that comes from NBC, and I'm not talking just the news, I'm talking their entertainment division. I'm talking NBC Entertainment, CBS or ABC or any of their products. All you're doing is helping to feed the beast. You are empowering them to be the propaganda ministers, the ministers of truth, to tell you what you're allowed to think and say, feel and do. You cannot have a differing opinion from the mainstream media. You cannot have a differing opinion from Twitter or Facebook. If you do, they slam you down, cut you off and shut you down. I saw a video that had been on YouTube And it was one of those compilation videos like you, I just played the audio from a few minutes ago about uh, Trump could never win. And like the guy was saying, well, gee, my my video has been demonetized. In other words, it was a popular video and he was getting revenue from YouTube. But because it's no longer politically what they want, they pull the plug. Now, this brings up an interesting discussion that I've had. And, I'm, and this has been one of those things where when does Facebook cease being just a private company? When do they cease being a private company and being more, well, a forum? See, one of the things that Facebook is hidden behind, and this is look at every day if you go to Facebook, if the word election or Biden or Trump shows up in anything somebody writes – immediately this stupid disclaimer is on top of it saying Biden won. He'll be inaugurated on the 20th of January. The Electoral College has met. It's all over. It's all over. It's all over. Go home. Uh, The lawsuits will go nowhere. They even mischaracterize those saying that they've all been adjudicated on the merits. They have not. They absolutely have not. But the media knows that most people in the United States only go sound bite or headline deep into any story. Thus, they're easily manipulated because people are too lazy to dig or think or find out or try to look for news and compare and see what where the truth stands. If you go to just before this election cycle, the New York Post had a story about a week or so before the election about Hunter Biden and his laptop and the fact that he was getting all these deals and money out of China and it looked like his dad, who said he never knew anything about Hunter's business affairs, did. Matter of fact, he was very deep into the uh, financials. He may have also been one that was profiting. We're not sure yet, but it's, it's beginning to come out in drips. Before the election... Before the election, 
NBC News refused to cover it. CBS refused to cover it. ABC never mentioned it. CNN, oh, no way. And MSNBC, of just crickets in silence. Even Twitter, even Twitter blocked anybody from posting the link to the story from the New York Post that had been well-researched because it would hurt a candidate, their chosen candidate. Now, here's where the problem comes in. Someone can say, well, yeah, well, they're a private enterprise. Yeah, they are. To a point, you're not allowed to give but only so much money toward an election as an individual. There is a maximum that anybody can give to a presidential election, and you cannot give beyond that. But what these companies have done is circumvent the law. They have controlled the narrative. In essence, what is it, a half a billion dollars has been poured into this election alone by Facebook. And they knew full well from their algorithms that they could fool enough people, keep enough people in darkness on certain stories, so did Twitter, that they could influence an election. That should be illegal. They should be held responsible before the Federal Election Commission for interfering with an election. You know, four years ago, the Democrats said Trump is an illegitimate president and the Russians must have done it. We heard all this Russian nonsense and people still, I'll write something and they'll say, well, it was never really disproven. What do you mean it was never disproven? It never was proven either. People can make up all kinds of accusations. It's not my job to disprove your accusation. Your your job is to show facts and prove it. This concept that if somebody just makes an accusation is sufficient for a judge and a jury to try and everything else goes totally against our system of government. I I am just I, I'm just amazed. I I stand amazed when I think about the whole Russian collusion delusion and how far up the chain it really went. This election, in my opinion, is still not over. And I'll talk about that in just a few minutes. We're going to take a break here at the halfway point. This is the program Truth to Ponder, Wednesday edition. Glad to have you with me. And I apologize for the slightly runny nose. It's that allergies and what have you going on. Hopefully by tomorrow, I'll be a little bit more cleared up. Hopefully I have a guest lined up for tomorrow as well. We'll find out. Friday's program, I'm going to be sharing some memories with you as we get closer toward Christmas now. And I want to just kind of get away from some of the news on Friday and the weekend. And I hope that you enjoy that program that I'm, that I'm putting together. This program on my part is a labor of love. I felt back in the summer the need to do this kind of a program. I felt that shortwave is still a viable option. Yeah, it's not as big as it was maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago. But there are a number of you that listen on shortwave. I know that. You've been letting me know by by just regular letters and email that you are listening. And I really believe that the new frequency we're on at 4 o'clock Eastern Time and 
Monday, Tuesday, and uh, Thursday, Friday, we're also on at 10 o'clock at night on 5950, has done a lot better on WRMI. We're still on six uh, 9395 at 6 p.m. If you can let me know what days and time or frequencies you're getting the program, it's a great help to me trying to decide the best way to be a good steward of the finances that are limited in keeping this show on the air. The shortwave time is not free, Monday through Friday, so any help you want to give, small or large, hey, I appreciate it. I'm not paying myself. I have no intention to do that. I just want to be here for you and share some wisdom and some truth. And you can, uh, if you want to use regular mail, by the way, first, the website is truth2ponder.com. Truth2ponder.com. And from there, you can actually make a donation via PayPal, if you so desire. And also, and also you can, you'll find uh, how to get a hold of our mailing address. I'll give it now in case you don't use the computer. I'm up in Georgia, and we'll be here for a while. May get to Florida sometime in, in January. Our address is 21 Berkshire Lane, 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane. We are in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. On that line that says 21 Berkshire Lane, add this number 263. It's important. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. We have a little post office box set up here in our community. And that's the box number. It makes it a lot easier for the mail lady to find us. So 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Little prayers and big wallets coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now John Rice once wrote that his six daughters would sometimes gather around him and tell him all their needs. Their need for shoes, money for music lessons, and all sorts of other things. Sometimes he'd feel compelled to say, go easy girls, I'm not made of money. We'll just have to get what we can afford and we'll go without the rest. But you know, you never read in the Bible a verse that says, go easy. God never says, go easy. I don't have that much to give. I've already been pushed to the limit giving to others. I've spent most of my savings answering the prayers of other people. So give me a break. Limit your prayer request to just one item. Make it small. Go easy. No, you'll never find anything like that in God's word. God never tells you to be humble about your prayer request. He tells you, ask what you will. You see, it's not humble to limit your prayer request. It's not humble to ask for little or nothing. To ask for little or nothing is to say either you don't trust him, you don't really believe he's got the stuff, you don't really believe his love or grace, or or you don't really need his help. See, to be humble in your prayer request isn't humble. It's actually a sin of doubt and self-sufficiency. God never says, go easy. He says instead, go all out. Go for the highest. Seek the best. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given you. Knock and the door shall be open. Don't commit the sin of little prayer requests. Lay all your needs at his feet with faith and confidence in his riches and love. Because prayer and the love of God are two things with which you can't afford to go easy. 
Now, here's something for you. You'll be blessed with the mystery hidden for 2,000 years in the sands of Israel, better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's real. The mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it. And sapphires, your daily spiritual vitamin supply for a victorious life in God. How do you get these gifts? It's all free, and it's so easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to minister with me and bring the good news back to the people who gave it to you, Israel and the unreached peoples of every tribe and tongue on five continents. You'll be so blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy at box 1111 Lodi. New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy at box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Ravinu, our teacher. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Wednesday edition. So glad that you're that you're with me. This program, as I said before, we, we do our best to try to get you news and information. And I do have a guest, I believe, lined up for tomorrow. And I'm going to share some thoughts a little bit different. Some of the same things about what the media is telling you, but I'm also wanting to share with you what a lot of people are beginning to think deep down inside. Regardless of what happens between now and January the 20th, and I still believe, not that I'm holding out any kind of false hope, I do think that there's no doubt in my mind that there were terrible, just horrible irregularities in this recently finished election. Every day, there seems to be a new story out there about something that went wrong, about Dominion voting systems and, and errors and mail-in ballots, dead people voting, illegal aliens voting, people maybe voting twice or from other states. The list just keeps going on and on. And everybody warned, and of course the media we're talking about the media today. They said, oh, no, no, it's not going to be a problem at all. You know, this pandemic that we have, we have to be very careful and we cannot have people going to the polls and dying. I want you to think about something. All we heard back in March, April, May, social distance, got to shut things down. No restaurants, can't go here, can't go there, can't have any high school graduations. They're super spreading events, don't you know? First, we're told, don't wear a mask. Then we're told, do wear a mask. Then maybe it'll help. Maybe it won't. We have gone through so many different scenarios, and we've been told so many different things. It is hard to know what is even true anymore. Right before the time came to vote, suddenly... Suddenly, Dr. Fauci, the fraud himself, 
What did he have to say about voting? I haven't voted yet. What I'll likely do is either drop something off in the box or walk into the school where they have it and vote in person. Not sure yet. It depends on my schedule and how people like you keep calling me up and asking me to do things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I managed, to, I managed to vote by mail um, already. As you know, it just comes right in the mail these days um, yeah. in the yes. District of Columbia, in the District of Columbia. Yeah. Um, let me ask you again about while you say voting can be safe, whether by mail or as long as you keep social distancing, even if you're stuck in a long line. The political rallies we talked about. The Minnesota Department of Health now says that 22 people related to Trump-Pence campaign events have tested positive for coronavirus. Should the president stop hosting these rallies? You know, I can't um, advise the president about what he can do and should do with regard to political campaigns. But I can reiterate my statement that when you have congregate settings of a lot of people together, closely packed, when most are not wearing masks, that is a risk situation to be avoided. Now, let's take a couple of moments and break down that everything that uh, Dr. Fauci told CBS News uh, a few weeks before the, the election, he planned on voting in person. He saw no particular problem, of course. You know, the, the issue was everybody needed to get as many people out to vote, including the Democrats. They, they were not fully confident that they had enough mail-in ballots coming back. And so rather than wait to the last minute, they started the narrative. And Dr. Fauci was more than happy to, to oblige. They started the new narrative that, well, maybe voting is not all that dangerous after all. And we can have some restaurants open. We can do all kind of things now. And, you know, voting, just a few precautionary things, you know, wear that mask and and keep a few feet away, six feet away, whatever the case is. And you can vote. And you can vote safely. And so don't be afraid to vote. It's a very important thing that you need to go out there and vote. I mean, we have to vote. But notice, notice how the CBS anchorette began to change the topic. Okay, so she mentioned, of course, here in D.C., they just mail me the ballot. And I think that was ripe for fraud to have all these ballots mailed all over the country. There are not just isolated stories like, you know, one in a million kind of stories. There are a lot of stories of people that had two or three ballots arrive at their home. They may lease an apartment, and somebody leased an apartment there a year or two before, and they were getting two and three ballots to the same apartment for people that didn't live there anymore. People that had family members that were deceased for years were getting ballots in the name of the deceased. There was an interesting person that voted in this past election, must have been 122 years old. Sadly, that person died in 1986, but somehow managed to vote in this year's election. So voting was okay. We need to, we need to overwhelm the voting system with mail-in ballots, people coming in. And so for just a little while, we didn't have as much anxiety about the coronavirus. Notice that it kind of disappeared until a day or two after the election, and suddenly things started to ramp up. Hey, we're getting more cases. Notice in the story, 
Notice carefully, she talks about this rally with thousands of people that uh, I did a little research on this one. 22 people, 22 people tested positive as a result. Now, let's look at some of the numbers that came out. They're, They're assuming around 20. Some of the reports are a little bit less. But those that tested positive, and only one person ended up spending a little bit of time in the hospital, one of the people may have already been infectious when they got to the rally. So they didn't get it there necessarily. They may not have even spread it there. And when they try to tell you that, well, these all these people, all these people tested positive. Well, they, they finally admit when you get to the end of a lot of the stories in a number of the newspapers and other sources at the time, you know, back in October, you know, health officials may have been warning about the spread of the virus, but after all the contact tracing was done, when everything was said and done, during that period of time when they may have caught the virus, it's still unclear if they ever got the virus at that particular event or got it from somewhere else. And you're looking at, you know, several thousand people there and 20 that test positive, but we don't know if they got it there. One was hospitalized. Nobody died. And, of course, that's always the accusation. Trump's going to kill people at those rallies. They're all going to die. Well, I haven't, if that had happened, I think we would have heard about the people you know, that died because of the rally, if they could prove it. They like to make the association. I know we can go back to August and the sad story about a person that I admire quite a bit, Herman Cain. Herman Cain may have gotten it in Arizona, not at the rally. That's what the family said after the fact, because he was traveling extensively. And the timing would be in line with the travel, not so much the rally. But be that as it may, Herman Cain also had a number of health issues, had been battling cancer, so a very weakened immune system at that point in his life. The coronavirus has been used, and you know as well as I do, it's been used, abused, and and taken advantage of in, in such a way for political purposes. Notice that when the election was over, now we got to continue to destroy the economy between now and, and January the 20th. And, and don't make any mistake about it. There is an effort. There is an effort to make things look as bad as humanly possible between now and January the 20th. Think about this carefully. Be be somebody trying to plan some strategy here. If you were trying to make Biden look good in his first 100 days, what would you do? You would make things as miserable as humanly possible. You would be talking corona, corona, corona. We're all going to die. All these cases, and I've used this term before, we have a case-demic a case-demic. But, Bob, what about all those people that are dying? I'll get to that in just a moment. We have a case-demic. A lot of those people that attended those rallies that tested positive never showed a symptom. They never were sick. We also know the PCR test is not designed to be a diagnostic test. 
over and over you can go find the information for yourself it's not hard to find it's not super secret and it doesn't come from a conspiracy theory website unless you consider the cdc and other places conspiracy theories we know the pcr test is designed to show something but it's not exactly designed to be a a legit test and it appears that over time the number of cycles these tests go through can take virtual viral garbage and make it look like you have the coronavirus when in fact you're totally healthy you don't have any virus you're not sick and you're not spreading anything either this virus has been so politically used and abused beyond words i don't know what to tell you and all these new deaths it's funny from the cdc's own website once again i'm not giving you anything that i'm making up or getting from some oddball source that can't be trusted you know there are a lot of websites out there that have a lot of news out there and you know they talk about the guy with three green heads and we're supposed to look i'm looking for news that is credible and if the cdc says it on their website i'm going to trust a couple of things they're saying they're so busy with COVID, they're not counting any flu anymore. They're not They're not even tabulating it. If, if people are sick with the flu, no, we're not counting it. If they die of the flu, we're not counting it. But I'll tell you what is happening. And this goes back to the CDC all the way back at the end of March, coming into April. The CDC sent out a memo all over the United States to every coroner, everybody that classifies and records a death. And they had a new protocol that came out. And they also, in that protocol, made it clear. I read it. I saw it. I was working in emergency management. This is nothing that I picked up on a website. This is stuff that came in my inbox to my email. That effective on April the 4th, they will no longer be counting any additional flu cases or deaths. They were done. No more flu, no more deaths, effective April the 4th. Well, you can see what happened. The numbers went up and climbed for a while. And now we're coming into coming into the cold and flu season of the year. Listen to my voice. Listen to my nasal sound. Either I've got a little bit of a cold going or an allergy going, but I think it's an allergy because... I fought this a couple of times over the last few weeks, and it lasts about a half a day or a day, and then it's gone. So we'll we'll find out. But what I'm trying to tell you is, how many of these cases? I looked at a couple of counties. Somebody shared, like from there where they live out out in California, they were sharing the stats from their county, and it shows prior years, like you know, 2019, 18, all the way back like 10 years where they stand on the flu season this year. This particular county, by this time, oh, last year they had, I don't know, a thousand and some odd cases of the flu, and they had a, a few people that had died. You follow? They had a thousand plus cases of the flu. It's a large county. And they had some people die. This year they don't have any, we have 29 cases of the flu. And it's been 29 for the last nine days. They stopped counting. 
and nobody died. There was a person that did some excellent research at John Hopkins University. And the mainstream media, the lying media, suppresses it. It doesn't fit the narrative. The narrative of control can never be challenged. You do not challenge the ministry of truth at Facebook or Twitter. You get banished, banned, or you know, I don't know what else they're going to do. Put us on an island? Put us in a gulag at some point? If you dare challenge the narrative, even if it's factually accurate, you can't say it. You are not allowed to speak factual truth if it goes against the predetermined narrative. And so what is the current predetermined narrative? Well, you know, all these people are dying. We're going to have hundreds of thousands, and it's all Trump's fault. I know this one dear sweet lady. I say sweet, but not necessarily at times. Very hateful lately. She thinks that Donald Trump bought the COVID-19 virus to America to kill people. She believes that. And she doesn't believe in, she believes that Biden will magically fix it the day he gets into office. She is waiting with bated breath and anticipation for Biden to stand up there in the Capitol, put his hand up and become the president. And somehow within 100 days, the entire COVID-19 mess will vanish or diminish and we get our lives back to normal, even though. You got people like Bill Gates saying, well, maybe 2022, maybe the vaccine. You know, nobody seems to know anything except keep you in fear, lock down, go out of business. If you want to see, like I say, the stats that I, I, I saved everything in case it ever got gone. This researcher at John Hopkins pointed out that we're calling a lot of deaths COVID when they may not be. Or maybe COVID was present, but it's not even a real cause. In other words, we're not having this surge of an extra three or 400,000 people dying in the United States compared to 2019 or 2018, considering the increase in population and the baby boomers aging and everything else. We might actually be a little bit below. But you can't say that on Facebook. They'll call it fake news, and they'll have all of their little their little fascist fact-checkers all over it in a heartbeat, suppressing it. This is false information. You can't say that on this platform. And that's why the Facebook platform is increasingly becoming a sewer. It's becoming a political sewer. See, they're still working off rules that came out in the 1990s, and I remember them well. I remember in the 1990s, the early days as we started, as we started developing the Internet. At least I should say the Internet for home and general and business use. The Internet's been around for a long time, the military and something similar for many banking institutions, but a public Internet as we have it today. So let's go back to to 1995. Now, my first computers back in the 1980s were all DOS-based, and, and eventually I got to Windows 3.1 and 3.11 for work groups. Remember those? Built on DOS 6.22. And then we had Windows 95, starter up. I remember the commercials well. And I decided I'm going to build this wonderful machine, with Windows 95. 
And I did. I built a a 386. That was the latest, hottest thing of the day. The 286 was pretty popular, but I had a 386. I think I had eight gigs, eight, eight megs of RAM, some ridiculously low number by today's standards. And I ran Windows 95. And then I also had my first dial-up modem. And through the college I worked for, Toccoa Falls College, I was able to access through them on a dial-up system the early days of the Internet. And we really didn't know where we were going. There wasn't much out there. There were some what they call bulletin board services that were up and running by that time. And they were becoming, you know, pretty popular things. But a lot of people worried about lawsuits. You know, a lot of these little billboard groups are like, you know, people would post. They were they were like little early dating sites without pictures, uh, where to meet people of common ground or where you're from. I know somebody that actually got married way back in the 1990s off one of those sites because they both came from the same part of the world. They were living in Florida and happened to meet on one of those sites and didn't realize that they were both from the same area of the country and they became friends and a couple of years later got married. So it does happen. But those little billboard companies, little bulletin board things, were, you know, they they didn't make any real money. Matter of fact, they could lose some money. And these were the infancy days of the Internet. And so the Congress passed some laws to protect the fledgling little Internet from lawsuits. Because, see, let's say somebody posted something on one of these sites. People could sue the site. And so they wanted to protect the site from, you know, being sued and having to pay out because of somebody's foolishness, which back at the time they did this made total sense. I mean, we were still dial-up internet for crying out loud. And it was going to be a long time before it ever grew beyond that. But as the year 2000 came and the internet kept growing faster and bigger companies like you know i can remember back in like the year 1999 who cared about ford.com or gm.com didn't mean anything it does now how much of podcasting was unheard of 22 years ago it was something new the idea of internet radio that was you know who's going to sit in front of their computer but we didn't see the next piece of the puzzle and called the smartphone that was going to come down the pike either. So we protected these companies by shielding them from lawsuits. The idea is that they are an open forum, not a publisher. Now, see, a publisher has full discretion on what you're allowed to say and do on their platform. Companies like Facebook and Twitter touted themselves when they started 10, 15 years ago as an open forum and community, they were promising not to censor the things you said, unless it was violence or something, you know, incredibly bad. But see, now they censor anything politically they don't like. 
and you cannot sue them currently. Why do you think Facebook put literally a half a billion dollars into this election to get people to vote? And notice their money went to counties like Fulton County, Georgia, Basket Case County, to get more people to vote. Wayne County, Michigan, other places, all these millions of dollars floating around. And they were pushing for the mail-in ballot. See, see, Mark Zuckerberg wanted Joe Biden. Actually, he wants Kamala Harris to be the president. If anybody thinks that Joe Biden is the pick of the Democrat Party, think again. He is nothing more than a placeholder, P-L-A-C-E, holder, placeholder, no more, no less. He was the most effective candidate they could come up with against Trump. The other ones were falling apart on the campaign trail. Bernie Sanders could never have won the election. Even with the cheating, it would have been too overwhelming. Kamala Harris could never win. She couldn't even get to the first primary. But she also will be the perfect extension for the Obama third term. And don't think that Barack Obama stayed in Washington, D.C. just so his kids could go to school. He has been the shadow government behind the scenes ever since he left the White House 2017. He is the power of the Democrat Party. He is the one that started all the spying on the Trump campaign and the collusion delusion with Russia. All of it. Ukraine, Vindman, every bit of it has the fingerprints of Obama, Clapper, and Comey. All of them. That's why I hold out hope that maybe something can give before now in the 20th of January. Honestly, now that the Hunter Biden story has suddenly been discovered by ABC, NBC, CBS, you know, the lying media that I told you about at the beginning of the program, we talked about that. Tell me lies. Tell me more lies. I want to hear your lies. Wow. Right on cue. Obama said to Joe Biden a long time ago, you don't have to do this, Joe. But they realized it was probably not a bad idea, and they used poor Joe. And they decided when he hit South Carolina, he had to be the heir apparent. And it was made... I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that they were cheating in the primaries to get him through. And I think that Kamala Harris had been selected a long time ago. This was nothing new, no big surprise, nothing to see here. And they'll let Joe Biden have his 100 days of everybody wearing a mask... And the virus gets repaired and the people start going back to work and everybody will be thrilled. And then Joe will have to step aside because he'll either have to face being indicted along with his son or decide he has health issues and he really shouldn't be president. We'll know very soon. Hey, if you want to write us, use our mailing address right now. It's 21 Berkshire Lane, 21 Berkshire Lane. Number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, zip code 30537. We will be back tomorrow. Got a few things I want to share I think you're going to like. Until then, may God bless.
This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.